Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Job, chapter 23. For the next few minutes, I, Lord has put on my heart to talk to you about navigating storms. I, I fully realize that you could go to a lot of other places this morning. There are even other places that will tell you that if everything is okay between you and God, you won't encounter any storms. Um, <laughs> I, want, I want to tell you whether everything is great between you or God, you and God, or they're bad between you and God, you're going to encounter storms. And storms are a reality. It's It's... So rather than deny the reality of storms, I, I have to know that the one who called me and created me also has a way for me to navigate through storms. Because this much I've learned about the enemy, he is a bully. He, he loves to get us alone, doesn't he? Navigating storms. As we read this, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like this? We're reading in Job chapter 23. And Job is in the midst of a storm. And we're talking about a mammoth storm. And in the midst of that, he, he has not yet heard from God. And we pick up the story in verse 20, chapter 23, verse 2. Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his, even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No. But he would put strength in me. That's Job's way of saying he's going to see things my way. Verse 7. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, when I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. You ever felt that way? Anybody? Let's pray. Father, we, we, we're so thankful today that you are good always, and you are always good. And I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you would do what you do so well, and that is speak to us as a body. I'm going to do my best to unburden my heart with what it's been burdened with, but I, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, go far beyond that. 
And you make this truth real to each individual in a way that they can receive it. Because we endeavor this morning to know the truth because the truth will set us free. And I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. There's all kinds of storms. There's financial storms. There's health storms. All of a sudden, the doctor schedules a special meeting because of something they found. There are marital storms where it seemed like everything was going okay and then come to find out it wasn't going so good. There are emotional storms where you just feel spent. There's a, a, a businessman that I've had a relationship with for seven or eight years, and I needed him to do some work, and I called and left a message, and he, he didn't call me back, and well, maybe he didn't get it. So the day later, I called him and left a message again, and he always answers in the past when I've called him, but he, he didn't answer, and he didn't call me back, and I got to thinking, well, what's, what's that all about? And I, I called him again, and left one more message, and he didn't answer, didn't call back. Part of me just wanted to move on. There's other people I can pay to do what I needed done, but I felt prompted of the Holy Spirit. to. So I, I called him one more time, and this time he answered, and the first words out of his mouth was, Pastor, I'm, I'm so sorry I never called you back. Um, he said, Pastor, I'm... I'm I'm beyond my means right now. I am in over my head. I am spent. I, I've got so many problems and so many things in front of me, and I don't have the energy or the ability to even deal with them. I'm cooked, Pastor. You ever been there? There are storms of depression where it can just come in. It could seem like everything is just going okay, and all of a sudden you don't even know why, but you don't like life. Anybody ever been there? It just, it just comes in. There are storms where your whole life just feels like it falls apart. Where it's like your, it seemed like your life was a house of cards and somebody knocked it over. It's all just ruined. It's fallen apart. It's... And then there's the, one of the most dangerous storms, and that's the secret storm. Because oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes if you have those other storms, if you're hit with a financial tragedy or a medical tragedy or a breakup of a marriage or, or something, sometimes there's somebody who will offer you an umbrella. They'll have a kind word, or they'll. But the secret storm, the storm that nobody knows you're going through, most of it's in here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where, and you don't even have the words to share with somebody. You you don't even know where to go with this, and and so you 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 put on the smile, at the beginning of every day, like a woman puts on her makeup. You go into automatic mode. 
And you say hi, and you say good to see you, man. Having a great day. Hope things are going good. And on the outward, it's all okay. But inwardly, it's like you're this close. And people on the outside don't even know. Was it Friday or Saturday? The, the airline worker over in Seattle. 26-year-old young man. Everybody called him fun, lighthearted, gregarious. He was a people person. He got along with everybody. Nobody knew his, his wife, his children, his mom, his dad, his friends. Nobody knew anything was wrong in his life. He had a good job at the airport. He was the guy that flagged the cone, used the, the flashlights in and the, to, the flags to guide the airplanes up to the boarding gate. But, but then Friday, I think it's Friday or Saturday, I forget when, he, something happened and he got into an airplane and started it up and took off. And he flew around, and for 45 minutes, he was on the radio with the air traffic controller. And he's laughing, and he's joking with him, and he's saying, I'm, I bet I'm in trouble now. He said, do you think if I, I, I end up landing this thing safely, they'll give me a job as a pilot? And he laughs. And the air traffic controller keeps directing him to turn this way and turn this way to, to prevent him hitting other aircraft or to free the airspace over the Seattle airport and and he says I'll, I'll do that I don't want to mess up anybody's life and and so he turns his plane and he's flying around and he says do you, do you think do you think this means life in prison for me air traffic controller says you know let's not worry about that right now let's just get you safely landed and he says, well, if they do throw me in prison, that's just punishment for somebody like me. Everybody that knew him is, is saying, you know, that's my husband. What in the world? He, he left happy. He, you know, the end of the story, he crashed the plane and he's gone. Silent storms. Those, those, those storms that that on the outside, the person looked fine, almost like Robin Williams, you know, and, and the next day they're gone. And I, under, I understand, you, you can go to other churches and everybody's all, Jesus loves you and everybody's all happy and, and they'll give you an emotional message for a moment and you go home and live like, but you know what, God wants more than that for you. He, he, he doesn't want you to be bullied. And what the enemy will often do is he will get you to the place where you feel like you're alone. He will, because he knows that when you're alone, it's not good that a man is alone. When he falls and he's alone, there's nobody there to help him up. The scripture recognizes you will fall at times. Amen? I understand there's those preachers that tell you, you, you know, you're, you're, you have faith in God. You'll always be skipping from mountaintop to mountaintop. I want to tell you I'm not there yet, and I don't think I ever will be. 
There are times you're going to fall flat on your face. There are times when life isn't going to make any sense. There are times when it's going to feel like God is a million miles away. There are times you will feel like Job felt like right here. You read it in the message commentary. I don't call it a Bible. It's a commentary, but it... it it's a, it, it's a viewpoint. And basically what Job is saying, you know what? Here's the truth of the matter is, if I could get in God's face and tell him how I'd feel, he'd see things my way. He'd stop this that's going on in my life. If I could just have a moment with him, we would get this settled. He said, but the problem is I can't find him right now. I go forward and he's not there. I, I go backward and he's not there. I, I go to his, my left and my right and I can't find him. I can't even see him. Let's not talk about Job's attitude right now, but let's talk about, have you ever been there where it feels like your whole life is a mess and worse, you can't find God? You don't hear him you, when you need to hear him the most? when you need a touch, when you need a blessing, when you need him to move a mountain, when you need him to fix things, when you need him to send somebody to you, when you need something, when you need the Bible to come alive and speak to you, it doesn't say anything. Maybe nobody in this room's ever been there, but I've been there. So what do you do? How do you navigate the storm? Number one, I want to tell you, the presence of the storm does not mean the absence of God. We've got to quit teaching people that every time a storm comes, you need to look at what you did wrong. Can I tell you that some storms will come because everything is right about you and God? There are some storms that will come because you are doing exactly what God told you to do. I've, I've loved the, 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 the play of the disciples and Jesus in the boat because it's a hilarious story that never gets solved. Every time Jesus and the disciples engage a boat, it always turns out kind of goofy for them. And the second to last time Jesus encounters a boat with the disciples, he makes it crystal clear. You guys, you right there, you guys get into that boat. Go to the other side. I'll meet you over there. At this point, they've had so many bad boat experiences. They're like, I'm serious. You guys, this boat, head over that way. guy looks good let's do this guys so what do those guys do those guys get in that boat and they head off and a storm shows up <laughs> to the point they're sure they're going to die what we have to get out of that story is they were doing exactly what God told them to do and the storm still showed up the presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. He said in his word, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
I want you to know that that verse is not redundant. He's not saying, I will never leave you, I will never leave you. Leave and forsake are two different things. Leave means a proximity. I'm always going to be here. We sang songs this morning about the difference between what God says and what we think. There are going to be times when it feels like he's a million miles away. Somebody say amen. But you've got to hold on to this. He said he would never leave. So even though I don't feel you, God, and I don't hear you, and I don't see you, I choose to believe you're right here. And he said, I'll never forsake you. That literally means emotional detachment. He said, I will never emotionally detach from you. He says, even though you don't feel it, see it, I want you to know that I am right here. And I'm not detached from what you're feeling. As long as I live, I'll never forget. I've told you the story, but I'll tell it quickly. She, she came in and we, nobody knew her. She'd always come during worship. She'd leave as soon as the preaching was done. And, and, and she did this for several weeks. And she'd sit back there about where Carmela is. And, and I'm preaching one day and God says in the middle of my message, call her up. She was, she was of Indian descent, very chiseled features. And she was every bit as big as I am. And she was hard. And, and in the middle of my message, God said, call her up. And so I'm like, okay. I said, ma'am, I, I need you to come up here. I need to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, you. And so she gets up and she, she walks up to me and she gets in my space. I'm standing up front and she gets in my space and she goes, this is exactly what she said. This better be good. And... <laughs> The inner part of me, I'm, I'm, I'm broken a little bit, people, okay? I'm thinking, okay, God, this is good because she and I are in agreement. I was thinking the same thing, God. This better be good. We are in absolute agreement here. Something can happen now because if two shall agree as touching on any one thing, we got the two, God. She thinks you better have something good, and I'm thinking you better have something good. And I've just got that pite and grin on my face because I got nothing else. I don't I did what I was supposed to do. I called her up there. And I'm just grinning at her, and she's not grinning back. I was thinking about falling out in the spirit, faking it, you know? Let somebody else deal with this. I don't know how long passed. It felt like four hours. It might have been ten seconds. And a message in tongues comes forth from somebody in the building. And my wife, who's standing right next to me now at this point, I, I think she was. I don't remember. She was up front or standing next to me. She interprets a message, and God says to this lady... He said, when you were five and you stowed yourself away in the back of the closet and you covered your ears so you couldn't hear the screams and you asked, where's God? 
He said, I want to tell you, I was right there. That's pretty precise, people. She went through three other things in her life, very specific ages and very specific painful events. And then every time he said to her, and you asked where I was, I was right there. You need to know something, folks. When you're you're in a storm, the presence of that storm is not greater than the presence of God. And you may not feel him, but he's there. And the enemy may try to tell you he doesn't care, but he is emotionally attached to what you're going through. He feels what you feel. He knows what you know. And I want to tell you that changes everything. There came a time in my life when, as a fairly new Christian, I felt like I had lost everything because I had. I was homeless, and there was everything, my businesses, my real estate, my, my vehicles, everything was gone. And all I had left as I sat in the corner of that house, freezing my butt off, was a Bible that I had bought, and I'm clutching that, and I said, God, everything's gone. Everything. I thought when I got saved, my life would get better. Everything's gone, God. Everything. And all of a sudden, I realized I was talking to him. My spirit was talking to him. And I said, I I guess not everything's gone because you've got to be here because I, I feel like I need to talk to you. And I, even though my talking to you is a complaint, you're here. You need to know something. You're going through a storm, even if it's a private storm that you think nobody in this whole world knows about. Your Heavenly Father wants you to know this morning that He has never left you, and He is emotionally attached to your storm. He's emotionally attached to you. You need to know that. You need to walk that out. That needs to become your reality. He is a very present help in a time of trouble. So don't be so aware of your storm that you lose the awareness of God. And it's by faith. You just trust. You just, everything about you screams that this is tragic and this is the end. I'm going to tell you when the end is going to come. The end is going to come when God says it comes. When you are a child of God, the enemy can't kill you. Come on, people. I'm a father. I have a father's heart. I'm a husband. I have a husband's heart. Don't try to break into my house. You will only get to my wife and children when I'm dead. And I got that from him. The enemy is not greater than he is. It is appointed unto man once to die. And I want to tell you, it was God who set the appointment. And the disciples didn't understand that. He told them, get in this boat, go to the other side. I will meet you there. They didn't realize that he set an appointment for them. 
And so later they looked out the edge of the boat and the Bible says that Jesus is walking on the water and it looked like he was going to walk right past them. Hey guys, I see you're drowning. That's a mess of a boat you got there. Is this all the farther you guys got? He was just, they were, he was going to walk right past them. And so they cried out to him. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. I've often thought about that. I think I would have been sure that was Jesus before I asked him to tell me to come. <laughs> I, I just think I would have settled that first. Jesus, tell me something only you know about me. Okay, it is you. Now tell me to come. He, he was walking past them because there wasn't a chance in hell they were going to drown. Because he set an appointment for them. And his instructions to them was a promise. You're going to get to the other side. And so he wasn't worried about that storm. What he was worried about was their faith. I've learned that God will sometimes allow you to go through storms because he wants to do something in you. Not every storm comes from the devil. But regardless of where the storms come from, you need to know that God will never leave you or forsake you. Turn to somebody near you and say, I'm not alone. You're going to lose stuff in the storm, number two. We last week talked about, read the story in Acts about how that Paul got into a boat. They're taking him to Rome, and he gets in his boat, and a bad storm comes. And they try to navigate the storm, and they first start just taking some unnecessary stuff off, the extra stuff. They unloaded some cargo and some stuff they didn't need. That didn't fix the problem. They put some straps on the boat to try to hold it together. That didn't, that didn't fix it. They got to the place and started throwing the tackle over. That's the, that's the stuff you need to make the boat go. It's, it's needed. And that didn't fix the problem. I found that God will sometimes cause me or allow me to go through storms because there's some stuff he wants me to get rid of. And oftentimes, what he wants me to get rid of is my dependency on that stuff. I wouldn't have to throw it over if I would just quit depending on it. If my happiness, my joy wasn't tied to that. If I could have the attitude, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If I could get up on Monday and say, this is the day the Lord has made. Like I do on Friday. Somebody hear me? When we understand that it's a good day. And when we go through a day and, and some challenging things happen, doesn't change the fact it's a day the Lord has made. He'll see you through it. 
There may be some times when he challenges you to jettison some stuff because you never should have had it in the first place. One Sunday night, a number of years ago, where we pastored, preached a message about cleaning house. And, you know, our lives can get cluttered up with stuff we shouldn't allow. Somebody say amen. I'm not naming names, but you know the stuff. You shouldn't be paying for that. Shouldn't allow that in your home. You shouldn't be watching that. I'm not going to name it. You know that Holy Spirit in you has been telling you not to. Come on. Preach that message in Sunday night about the need of cleaning house. Monday morning, before I got to the church, the secretary called and she said, Pastor, uh, we got a mess over here. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, um, somebody's using our dumpster. What's, I, you have lost me. What are you talking about? And she said, the dumpster is full and there's garbage packed all around the dumpster. She said, I, it just got emptied Friday and it's full. I said, I'll deal with it. I get, I get to the church. I got to church and I went back there and opened up a bag. And man, there's videotapes and books and magazines and pull up a magazine and looked at the address in the magazine, it's one of the church members. Opened up another bag, there's some more stuff from somebody else. And I, I went into the, the office and she said, mystery solved. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, the answering machine. That's before cell phones. We used to still communicate back then. She said, it's filled up with people from the church saying, Pastor, I hope you don't mind, but we went home last night as a family, and we cleaned out. We brought it over to the church, put it in the dumpster. I'm talking a pile. You couldn't hardly see the dumpster. It was full. Listen, you're going through a storm. You may have to jettison some stuff. Are you with me? Listen, I'm, I'm just... The only thing I know is to go down the trail a little bit and then come back and say, hey... Here's what I found going down the trail. Are you with me? And here's what I found, that when, I, when I'm going down through the trail and, and a storm hits, I fully recognize this may not be from God, but it may be from God. <clears throat> if I'm having trouble seeing him, I'm having trouble hearing him, I got no problem anymore saying, did I do something to tick you off? Is there something in my life that you're not pleased about? Is there, is there something that you're not happy? Because he knows that if it's bad for me, I need to get rid of it. I don't want somebody telling me I have to get rid of it. I want, I want him to tell me. Amen? And there's been times when he's put his finger on something. He put his finger on it. That, that. Sometimes it's like, I told you two weeks ago to do this. You haven't done that. I had a purpose for telling you that. Now, the opportunity is gone. I can't do what he told me to do, but I, I need to repent of it. Amen? You go through a storm, you're going to lose some stuff. 
but it's stuff you don't need. Listen to me for a moment. If the storm washes away something out of life, you don't need that to get to where God's taking you. Paul didn't need the cargo. He didn't need the tackling on the ship. He didn't even need the ship for God to get him where he's going. God had already told him, Paul, I'm, it's my will that you go there. You're going to get there. I want to tell you, if it's gone, you didn't need it like you think you needed it. Last but not least, not all storms come from the enemy. He will cause some storms in your life. He'll cause some storms in your life so that you learn to depend on him. I think, I think sometimes he goes quiet to draw us in. I, because you... Now, it probably doesn't happen in your home, but in our house it's kind of frustrating because my wife will be up in the living room and I'll be down in the basement and all of a sudden realize I needed to tell her something. Or vice versa. Remind me to do this! Remind me to go get a new brake light bulb for my truck. Could you talk to me when you come upstairs, please? Has that ever happened in your home? Moments ago, you were right in front of the person, but now you're four rooms and three doors away, and now you start talking. You didn't say nothing when they were right there. You... Sometimes, sometimes God will begin to talk softly because he wants to move you from where you're at. What are you, what are you saying, God? Because when we don't hear from God, we don't sense him around, we start to get desperate, don't we? God puts his finger on this, Pam. I, I don't like this. I don't like, I don't like this relationship you're in. And, it's okay, I'll be careful with it. God kind of does this. And after a while, Pam's like, God, why, why don't I feel you? Why don't I... What, what's wrong, God? What's wrong? What's wrong? I remember he said something about this relationship. Does that mean it relate to what I'm talking about? I, when I don't hear from God, I go back to the last point of disobedience and I fix that. John put it this way, you don't have need of anybody to teach you. You have the unction of the Holy Spirit. My whole role as a minister is to get you connected with him and get that communication to flow <clears throat> so that when you're in the storm of your life, you know, just grab on, hold on. I've never anybody in here ever seen a tornado? Man, I want to see one. I don't want to see it blowing up people's houses, but I want to. We lived in 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 a in in, in a little town outside of Toledo that 
tornadoes hit, and there, there were people just three or four miles from our house that got killed, and, 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 and buildings devastated. And the, 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 the warning was going off, and the school was the tornado place. We didn't have a basement in our house, and, and the school was, you know, 100 yards down the road. And so we went down there, and, and I went outside. And I, I made sure to find the guy who was responsible to lock the door. I said, buddy, don't you go in without me. He said, have you seen anything? <laughs> I want to see it. When you went, <clears throat> I just hold on to a tree, watch it go past, you know. But when you're in the midst of a storm, just hold on. It's only going to last for a few moments. Not gonna, that storm is, does not become your life. It's not the end of everything. It usually is the beginning of something. So just hold on. Know that he's never left you or forsaken you. Know that there will come a time when things will return to a better normal than when you went in the storm. And I know that's not glamorous, and I know that doesn't make people get up and run and shout, but I'm going to tell you what's worked for me. You just hold on. You just cling to his promises, as they say. You just hold on. The storm will quit. The God that's in you is greater than the, the, than the force in the storm. So you just hold on. And one day it will be over. One day it will be fixed. One day you're going to continue to move forward. And you'll have a testimony. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.